This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the TV Podcast. I'm Dustin, joining is BJ, Scott, and Otto this week. Um, we start off with um, some unfortunate news. This past Friday, uh, legendary voice actor Kevin Conroy uh, passed away. Um, he unfortunately was battling um, intestinal cancer, and um, he succumbed to the this situation that he was in. Um, he didn't make it known that he was, you know, in the in a in a battle for in a battle with the cancer. Um, but he unfortunately passed away and we kind of wanted to start the episode off, um, rather than, you know, doing some of our segments or the news right away. We wanted to immediately start with kind of a tribute to Kevin Conroy, um, talking about his career, his, his legacy that he leaves behind. So, uh, there was a obituary that was sent over from one of the uh, PR people that has worked with Kevin Conroy on a variety of the projects, television, film, video games. Um, I personally met Kevin Conroy through this PR um, person, so I can say without a shadow of a doubt that this is a great obituary, but... Uh, I'm just going to read a snippet, and it says, Actor Kevin Conroy, most the most beloved voice of Batman in animated history of the character, died Thursday at age 66 after a short battle with cancer. Uh, noted stage, film, and television performer, Conroy rose to an unparalleled voice acting fame as the title character of the landmark Batman the Animated Series from 1992 to 1996. He would establish never-to-be-broken records as the quintessential voice of Batman, bringing the superhero to animated life in nearly 60 different Productions, including 50, 15 films highlighted by the acclaimed Batman Mask of the Phantasm, 15 animated series spanning nearly 400 episodes and more than 100 hours of television, as well as two dozen video games. Conroy was also featured as the live-action Bruce Wayne in the Arrow vs. 2019-2020 Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover event. In recent years, Conroy was a notable fixture on the con circuit greeting fans with the same warmth, respect, and enthusiasm they reserve for him. So when they talk about the different projects that Conroy has worked on, obviously the one that immediately comes to the minds of a lot of people is Batman the Animated Series. And while the series itself is legendary, part of what made the series as successful and as good as it was, was Kevin Conroy voicing not only Batman, but also Bruce Wayne, because they were two different characters that Conroy voiced. 
Um, even going as far as he voiced Thomas Wayne as well in an episode. Um, there, he had such a range when it came to how to portray these characters and the fact that there are very many, there are very few people out there who could do different versions of the same exact character. Um, you have Batman, you have Bruce Wayne, they're very different personas. And I think that was further cemented in the animated series, probably more so than anything back then um, in media form. Um, when you look at the 1989 version of Batman with Michael Keaton, you see there is two versions, but it's it's not the, the two versions you expect. They're similar in ways, but they're also extremely different. So thinking about the beginning of his career as Batman, what do you guys, what kind of memories do you have of his work or uh, highlights that you remember? Um, yeah, like you said, um, he really, like his fake voice um, was the Bruce Wayne voice and like his real voice was that Batman voice. Like whenever he was talking as Bruce Wayne, he was a little bit uh, nerdier a little bit. And that's so different from what we get from the movies where we get the Christian Bale and the and the growl and Pattinson kind of, they all just dropped their voice lower, but it felt like his version of the character, the real voice was the Batman voice. And there's just, I mean, there's too many, uh, great moments, uh, to remember of Kevin Conroy. One of my favorites though, randomly is, um, uh, in the Batman Superman episode where they first meet, um, when Joker blows up in that plane and, uh, Harley yells out pudding and his Batman straight as can be just, says at this point he probably is and i can picture in my mind it's one of my favorite like lines that he ever delivered i think you know for me it kind of comes down to there's something compassionate and human and just relatable in his you know his performances like from the very beginning you know as batman you have him as batman the action hero but you know looking at the animated series and you know a lot of it you know is the writing but also Kevin Conroy was really good at bringing emotion and feeling to his voice work and then kind of carries through. And so, you know, with his Batman, there's this thread of, you know, when it comes to dealing with Dick Grayson, you know, and like Robin's reckoning or something, there's this compassion and and fatherliness and, and caring nature that comes out just through the voice alone you know, and it, it pops up throughout the series kind of constantly. And a lot of the episodes that move away from, you know, just Batman fighting the Joker or, or Scarecrow or whatever, and just dealing with, you know, real issues. So I feel like, you know, my earliest memories are really, you know, Kevin Conroy was a Batman that was just very compassionate as a hero, someone I could, you know, take comfort from. Yeah, I, I totally agree with. Uh, it's funny, uh, BJ. You mentioned that 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 series, the Batman Superman. I think it was part of uh, the Superman animated show, actually. And uh, what's interesting is, I watched. So they they collected those episodes into a VHS. And when I was a kid, my parents bought me that. And I so I was growing up in uh, UAE in Abu Dhabi wasn't a lot of um english uh, language entertainment at the time and i love batman and that was one vhs that we had and i watched that so many times like <laughs> probably close to 100 times as a kid and I, I just loved that movie i thought that was like 
him being like kind of peak Batman. And I, I just love, you know, how he plays off of uh, Mark Hamill's Joker in that. And I think we see that, um, you know, in the Arkham series as well, the video game series. But yeah, I mean, even, you know, you talk about how he layered his voice, you know, the difference between Bruce Wayne and Batman. There was a Justice League, or was it a Batman Beyond episode, where there's like a time travel, and uh, there's the current day Batman, and then there's the old Bruce Wayne. And you can even, even in that situation, the elder Bruce Wayne voice sounds different from the young Batman voice, and his voice sounds different from the um, the young Bruce Wayne voice. And so he has all these like layers that he brought to the character. Um, I think that's what we'll, we'll always remember him for that. That's an episode of Justice League Unlimited where he uh, travels into the future and comes in contact with uh, the older Bruce Wayne. That, but that was kind of what I was saying earlier, like his range when it comes to the different versions of the character. You know, his Batman was consistent through Batman the Animated Series, his appearances in Superman the Animated Series, um, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and obviously Batman Beyond, he plays a different version of Bruce Wayne because it's a much older version of the character. But every version of the character was what I still think of as Batman when I, and, and it, yes, it, as, as you said, Scott, it is some, you know, as part of it is the writing, but a lot of it is how he portrayed the character. Um, he did such a great job of portraying the character and, you know, like actors can do a great job. Um, and the writers, you know, they, they don't always get the credit because it's always how it's portrayed. But if Kevin Conroy, you know, read the script flat and didn't convey the emotion, um, you know, they wouldn't, maybe the series would, any of the series wouldn't have been as, as successful as they were. Um, what's crazy is that he not only voiced Batman in all of those series playing the, that version, the, you know, the, the Bruce Tim version of, of Batman or the Paul Dini version of Batman from that animated universe, but he also voiced Batman in a variety of other things. Uh, we, we already mentioned, um, Batman mask of the phantasm, but specifically talking about the, the, the animated films, he was in a number of them. Um, specifically like thinking about some of the ones that he was in that, jump out mask of the phantasm is by far one of my favorite films um regardless of it being a live action or animated film it's it's a great batman film tells a great story moving outside of the realm of the animated universe that was established with the bruce tim art style and all of that um he voiced batman in batman gotham knight which was a film that released to tie not tie in necessarily but kind of tell some stories that led into Batman or into the Dark Knight with a very anime style art scheme. And I remember watching that series or watching that film and thinking, wow, this is not the Batman I remember, but still he did it perfectly. I mean, like it still came across in a way that made sense. And when you think about all the different projects that he's worked on, you know, there's a different version of Batman probably for each generation of fans from the last three decades that he has been voicing Batman. You've got 
the projects that he did with the animated series. You have the other work that he did with some of the animated films because he not only did Gotham Knight, but then he did a stretch with Superman, Batman, Public Enemy, Superman, Batman, Apocalypse, Justice League Doom. He did a bunch of those, but then obviously the Arkham games are huge too for a whole nother generation of, of fans. And specifically, let's talk about the animated films for a second. Um, like I said, Mask of the Phantasm by far is one of my favorite films. Um, and I think it gives that film does a great job of showing even more of the range that he could do because it was a longer story. There's a lot more involved. There's romantic elements. There's a, they, they focus things on, you know, the his parents. There's a lot of stuff and a lot of things they delve into in the film that you know, just amplify that emotional impact that Kevin Conroy was so, so well known for. Yeah. That whole movie is like Conroy at his, probably his peak and his best. Like everybody in that movie brought their a game. Like, like you said, there's the romantic elements as the flashback of him being younger and going out on his first night um, as a vigilante before he was Batman. There's the moments with the Joker and that final fight, the moments with um, Andrea, like when he's pleading to stay uh, for her to stay with him. And yeah, Conroy probably had more chances than anybody to hit those emotional moments um, as Batman. And he crushed them every time. Yeah. I mean, to piggyback off of all of that, it kind of, everything we've said so car so far kind of feeds into this, you know, it's mask of the phantasm just really sells the emotional struggle and weight of, Bruce Wayne, it's kind of interesting because I know, you know, my wife got me a cameo from him a couple years ago, and I've seen other people's, like, as people have been sharing them, and he talks about Hamlet a lot. Um, it seems like something he leans back or he leaned back on, you know, when doing those videos for people, um, you know, to try to pull some inspiration. And I mention that because, you know, I think about you know, kind of the emotional weight and struggle of that play. And I think about like Kevin Conroy's performance in Mask of the Phantasm, it very much echoes that where, you know, here is somebody giving, you know, a Shakespearean level performance for Batman, for a character people revere and just making it that much greater. Yeah. I, I think we've, we probably talked about it on a podcast before as well. Like Mask of the Phantasm is, um, you know, live action or animated, it's one of the best Batman films you can you can watch. I mean, it's just that simple. And you know, I I, I agree that you know Conroy was at his peak at that point, but uh, I think I mean it's a long peak because that was one of the the earlier films, and he was at that peak for a long, long time, probably like ten, fifteen years. Um, another another animated film, you know, uh, Dustin, you mentioned um, Gotham Knight. What was it called? That one, um, I had forgotten about that, but I actually really liked that one. And I think what you brought up a really great point is that it was using different anime styles. But what was interesting was that Conroy's voice, his voice acting worked with all the styles. And the styles were also very different. And yet both his Bruce Wayne and Batman worked with all the styles, which I thought was phenomenal. Another one that I think um, was a really good performance is the Batman Beyond film, The Return of the Joker. Uh, there's all there's obviously that um, you know that classic conflict between Batman and Joker, and I think he did a really good job portraying a, an older Bruce Wayne and who's sort of grappling with that 
that's a I think an underrated film and underrated performance in my book as well. And I think um, lastly, you know, what BJ said in his article is was actually my first thought too um, about his passing is that whenever I read Batman in the comics, that's the voice I hear in my head, and I think that's like the highest compliment we we can all give him. So then let's talk about the video games because not only did he do films and obviously television, but he obviously also did um, video games. And probably while he obviously voiced Batman in that, you know, Bruce Tim version of the character within some video games, the most notable video games franchise that he voiced Batman was the Arkham series from Rocksteady. And we, he had, he, he did. An amazing job and when you think about it in the larger scheme of things it almost was like batman grew up um he got a little bit grittier he got a little bit you know uh hard he was like more hardened and not like the frank miller dark knight returns version of the character but just more mature and um not in a way that is you know unnecessary um but just in a way that makes perfect sense because it was almost as if that character, that that version of the character that so many of us grew up with had now entered in, into a new phase of his career when it came to the Arkham series. And it worked perfectly. Um, it was amazing that not only did they get Kevin Conroy for Batman, but they also brought back Mark Hamill as the Joker because the two of them have such great chemistry. But the Arkham series, I don't know that I could have it, that it would have worked as well as it did if it wasn't for Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill returning to do the voices. I think that that was a huge get, and it worked so well because. You hear even more because it's a video game. There's so much more dialogue that's said. There's so much more interactions that occur than in a TV show or a film because there's just so much more dialogue that occurs. And, you know, even if you're walking around and Batman doesn't say a word, I'm just waiting for Kevin Conroy to start speaking. Yeah, it enhances the legacy of those games or how amazing as they are, but it adds to it that it like the number one Batman voice and the number one Joker voice, like teamed up for a video game. And it's kind of crazy how it's not connected. Like they did the other ones like connected to the animated series, but this is a whole new thing. And like you said, it's uh, they grew up, like we got to kind of age with them and it's a little more adult themed. And like Batman, that ver- Kevin Conroy version of Batman's finally like really laying down the SmackDown. Like we've never seen him before. So, yeah, I agree. It enhances the legacy of the video games. I don't think it would have worked as well if it wasn't. The, I think we all would have liked the games, but it does add a little bit more. I think having, you know, both of them do it, it basically, like, when, like, the beginning of Arkham Asylum is, you know, you're supposed to know this history between Joker and Batman. So I think having them both do it really sells the idea of their shared history just because they've been doing it together for, at that point, what, like, the first one came out, I don't know, at least 15 years, I want to say, yeah, about when the first one came, you know, and then, yeah, like BJ said, there were those animated series tying games. There's one on Sega CD that had a cartoon they called a lost episode on YouTube. And then there's, um, rise of sin zoom. There's, but the, before that there was, I think it was a throwback. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vengeance. Cause Mark Hamill was in that one too. I don't think he was in the rise of the, the Sun Tzu or whatever. I can't remember that one now. It wasn't as good. But yeah, like, 
you have that history and it's kind of just like a known cultural thing at that point and to have them come back and do it it's just like feeds into it yeah yeah i agree i mean i think especially for the story that they wanted to tell in the arkham games and just how uh con- like connected the two characters are i think there was no other choice like that was you had to bring both of them back and uh i think we've kind of seen at least one game and even though like you know i'm I don't want to trash it too much, but like it just came out. Uh, Batman's not really in it, uh, but for a little bit. But it doesn't feel the same, you know. It just doesn't feel the same when you don't have Kevin Conroy voicing voicing Batman. Um, so I mean, I, I, I definitely agree. I don't think those games would have been as big had they not had Conroy and and Hamill doing it. Yeah, and he's done so many different ones. I mean, even outside of the Arkham series, he did both Injustice games um, that came out. He didn't do the voice of Batman for any of the Lego games up until Lego DC Supervillains, which was the last Lego DC game that was released. He's done a variety of other things. I mean, uh, another throwback DC Universe Online, which still is up and running to this day, but is is a game that uh, was was getting a huge amount of press initially and then just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Uh, but even more recently, the last project that he was working on, or that we are we know that he was working on for um, that, that that was him voicing Batman was the recently released Multiverses, which was a game that just released this past year. And that was the last project because uh, the last project he worked on before that um, was back in 2019. He did a couple of things he did a scooby-doo and guess who episode where he voiced batman but then there was also uh justice league versus the fatal five back in 2019 as well so multiverses is the first project he's worked on in a couple of years um and that's probably going to be the last project unless there's something else that he had already pre-recorded prior to um you know his death so there's a lot of i mean there's an insane amount of projects that he has worked on when you read through the sheer number of projects that he has voiced batman on i mean there are other actors who have voiced batman on a variety of projects but nothing even comes remotely close um i think a lot of a lot of actors who have voiced batman have tried to figure out a way to make themselves very different than kevin conroy's to make themselves more you, you know distinct and unique and not tried to be copying him but it's very difficult not to because he did such a great job um you know thinking of some of the other long-term animated shows you've got Diedrich Bader as Batman and Batman Brave and the Bold you've got Reno Romano and The Batman those are the two really big ones practically any other long-running Batman TV series that you can think of it was Kevin Conroy I mean they're just it's it's crazy to think of how many projects there has been where he has been the voice of Batman and even in certain certain projects he's done a slightly different version of the same character and it's different enough where it, you know it's different but it's still that classic version of the character that we all love and appreciate so looking you know overall his entire career as Batman it's just he the legacy that he leaves is as as BJ said in his article and as Otto brought up early, earlier it's when you read anything having to do with Batman and you read Batman's thoughts or you read Batman's dialogue 
I'm sure there's a humongous chunk of us who are hearing Kevin Conroy's voice as the voice of Batman because that's just how it has been. That's how we've always associated it. And it makes sense because, quite honestly, he is and probably will be for a very long time the definitive voice of Batman. Um, it's it's crazy to, you know, to say that he's gone, but the legacy that he leaves behind is something that I think a lot of people wish they could have, and he doesn't have to wish because he has such a great legacy that he leaves behind. Yeah, so is the show, like, um, whenever, like, you, there's, like, a list out there, like, best Batman, like, who's your favorite um, animated voice actor? Like, they always kind of start, they always caveat with, um, ex- like, other than Kevin Conroy, because he is so good, and he is everyone's favorite, that you have to, like, fix the list almost uh, so someone can pick a new one. All right, so with that, that is going to wrap up that discussion. Um, we don't have very much other things to talk about. There's just a couple of uh, things to just bring up uh, just to kind of wrap it up and try to end on a slightly upbeat note, even though it is kind of a not-so-great situation that it occurred this past week. Um, so jumping into Gunwatch, there was a couple of different things that popped up that uh, we're going to bring up. Uh, the first one was that there was an article that popped up over at Deadline. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery boss David Zaslov held a town hall with the new DC heads James Gunn and Peter Safran about building a new cohesive universe. Now, specifically in this article, it talks about how James Gunn and Peter Safran are creating what they call a Bible for the DC universe. And if you're unaware of what that means, it means trying to cohesively make sure that you have a firm direction for characters when it comes to an overall cohesive nature of of whatever you're trying to perceive. Um, that said, they did say that they have a lot of time, or Gunn spoke about how he loves the interaction of Superman and Batman and how they're the same and the different at the same time. It's not necessarily to say that those characters are going to be appearing in the same thing, but later... The second article that we've got was that on November 15th, uh, David Zaslav was talking about just the overall current situation within Warner Brothers, and he specifically mentioned the DC plans involving the Bible being created, but he also talked specifically about how they do not have any intention of having four Batmans. Part of the reason they're trying to make a cohesive universe is that so they don't have four different versions of Batman. Now, which four versions of Batman he personally is referring to, that's a good question because obviously we've got Ben Affleck, we've got Michael Keaton, and we've got Robert Pattinson. The only other Batman that he may be referring to is the Bruce Wayne that appeared in The Joker, um, but I, I don't know if that's what he's talking about. Um... Zaslav, uh, if you, not that I expect anybody who's listening to this to have paid attention, but the quarter earn, quarter three earnings for Warner Brothers Discovery, he was spouting off a lot of uh, weird numbers that didn't exactly add up, uh, specifically talking about how it's been 15 years since we've had a Superman film, but Man of Steel happened uh, nine years ago or 10 years ago or something like that. So his math just doesn't seem to add up sometimes, so I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, the four Batman count that he got was one that makes sense. But um, based off of these two things, I mean, what do you guys think about the DC Bible being created? I mean, 
great, I guess. I, I think the hard thing is, is with all this news, if I'm being honest, I nothing gets me excited. I'm just kind of waiting for something to get excited about. I think that's is what it comes down to. We're hearing about how they're restructuring and this and that. And like they pick some people that seem like a good idea. Like it seems like these are people who actually care and want to make this good. But like, you know, these updates, uh, I don't know. I, I could take it or leave it. It's just they are what they are. And uh, David Zaslov's comments, they're just seem like a guy who's running a company who doesn't really know too much about the properties of said company just trying to keep news out there because people are asking yeah in my mind uh right now there's only one batman because that's the only batman we've seen on the screen uh fairly recently it's pattinson like i believe we'll see um keaton when whenever and i believe we'll see affleck if if this flash movie ever happens i'll believe it when we see it but right now there's only one batman yeah, um, just to echo those comments, um, when we've done the podcast in the past about this whole four Batman idea, I've been very critical of it. So I'm kind of happy to hear that they're not going to have four Batman. If I'm going to have to guess at who the fourth one is, I would bet that there's there there's a Thomas Wayne cameo, uh, Flashpoint Batman in in the Flash movie because they just seem to be doing that. So who knows? They might just throw that in there. Um, but what's weird is uh, he said that, and that's kind of like their whole marketing pitch for that movie. Uh, so maybe he should have saved that for after that movie, you know, kind of has its theatrical run and then drop that news. But um, I think the, as, as you know, Scott was saying, doesn't really get me excited. Um, I have to, I'm going to have to see, I think like a lot of DC fans or just movie fans in general, we're going to have to see results. It's, it's all talk until we actually see some results because we've heard the talk before. We've heard this talk so many times before. Um, and there's only one Batman that we, I think, care about right now. It's the Pattinson one. Um, I, I think the other versions uh, are doomed. Uh, and, you know, Zaslav just confirmed it. But the idea that they're they're creating this this quote-unquote bible that they're gonna draw from this is what we've been asking for like some sort of cohesive direction uh for the direction of the dc films um i don't know if you know they have a singular person leading that um supposed to be james gunn probably but personally i don't know if like i haven't seen enough evidence to show that he has the range to to do that i could be wrong um and maybe i'm just not uh, familiar enough with his uh filmography or his creative uh his creative projects to know that but we'll see um again it's just we just have to see and um we have to see the movies first um otherwise it's just all talk before that yeah i mean a lot of it is just talk for now i mean but when you get snippets from the head of Warner Brothers Discovery that say I think over the next few years you're going to see a lot of growth and opportunity from DC and so part of our strategy is drive the hell out of DC which James and Peter are going to do I think they've thrilled the fans I think they're going to thrill you over a period of time that's I mean it's good to hear that but we need to actually start seeing some stuff and I know it's only been about you know, it's just over two weeks since technically James Gunn and Peter Safran took over their positions, but 
we do need to see movement and things actually happening. Because as we've brought up in the past on the podcast, there is a lot of situation. There's, there's, there's content there that is going to happen with the Shazam, Aquaman, and Flash film. And then obviously the sequel for the Joker and the sequel for the Batman. But outside of that, we've got nothing. And there's nothing in the pipeline. There's the Blue Beetle thing, maybe, if it actually ends up happening. Um, but that is the only other project that had entered production and was actually you know, moving forward. There's nothing else. They, they have literally been like in this holding pattern for such a long period of time. And we really do need to see movement. So last week was the hint of Lobo and a potential Lobo film. And this week we got a new hint because James Gunn released a Twitter. You know, this is and I think this is going to keep happening. And I think it's more of a maybe they're garnering fan interest uh, on, with these posts. But he posted a picture of uh, Mr. Terrific. And as of us recording this, it's got over 71,000 likes, um, which is pretty cool. But I have to say, like, utilizing some of these characters that are lesser known is something that Marvel has been doing more recently because they got through the well-known ones. They kind of ran their course with, like, Captain America and Iron Man. And they're trying to use some of these other characters that aren't as mainstream. Some of them are, and if you're a Marvel fan, you probably are well aware of some of the characters that have been popping up in some of the recent films. But... Those of you who are not Marvel fans, that you might not know who Miss Marvel is. You might not necessarily know that there's a She-Hulk or that there's you know a character called Ironheart um, that just appeared in Black Panther. You might not know about those characters, but they exist. And the DC Universe is just as full of characters and potential possibilities as the Marvel Universe. Um, so I, I, I kind of like these teases because... It does keep the conversation going. It does keep people talking about it. And I think we need that excitement. We need that that optimistic view on what could be. Because if we don't, I mean, we're just going to go back to the way it was, which is every once in a few years, we're going to get a film that's solid and we're going to enjoy it. And then we're going to be waiting a long time in between. And I don't, I don't enjoy that. Um, it's not something... I, I, I'd rather... Be happy and looking forward to what's going to happen than, you know, just be negative and complain about what is happening. So that's that's my hope for that. Um, the last bit of news isn't necessarily about James Gunn or Warner Brothers, but it is somebody who used to work for Warner Brothers. As it turns out, Walter Hamada, the former DC president uh, or president of DC Films or whatever it was called, um, he just got he just landed an exclusive deal over at Paramount. He's going to be producing a lot of uh, horror films for theatrical and streaming for Paramount. So it looks like he landed on his feet um, despite the hiccups that he had to deal with within DC Films. Um, like I said, it's not not DC related, but it's it's interesting just to see sometimes where people end up because it seems like everybody who's had a rough time with the DC universe and I'm going back let's say I don't know 5 6 years anybody within that window of 5 or 6 years who was part of DC in some way if they leave they somehow always end up with a a decent like a golden parachute let's say 
Uh, Hamada ends up at Paramount with an exclusive production deal. Uh, Zack Snyder left and had this awesome deal that he got with uh, Netflix. Um, David Ayer got a deal with Netflix. I mean, like, it's just interesting how that all ends up working out in some way. But um, that said, um, I'm looking forward to the future. Um, and I'm hoping that James Gunn continues to let these little, you know, thought processes release because that's one of the things that I think a lot of people really enjoy from him is him getting fans perspectives or interacting with the fans. And while he might not do it as much as he used to, what he does do will still be better than what we had before, which was never knowing anything. Is... Is Peacemaker season two like currently? Is that in like production or anything? Yeah, that's that. I think there was this. There was something that just popped up saying that they. It seems like they're going to be entering season two production on season two. I know it got the green light, so it's definitely happening. Um, But I saw something just recently that John Cena seemed to be you know getting ready for the production of season two. So that could be happening, and that show conveniently. That show filmed and aired pretty quickly, like within a short window. So, like, we might actually see if it's entering production now. We might see it next next uh, summer or fall. Because these little teases too could be for a Peacemaker. Like, I could totally see like yeah. Mr. Terrific showing up in Peacemaker. Like, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, now that he's you know promoted, he could probably pull a little more in than you know what he originally even wanted wow. to for the Peacemakers. So. Yeah, you could get some crazy. Actually, you know, now that you say that, a peacemaker Lobo buddy cop like team up thing would be kind of a fun thing. I would actually get excited for one one crazy project that James Gunn mentioned ages ago, and I don't I don't think it's come up recently. Is that he? This was back I think when he was promoting Suicide Squad or The Suicide Squad, back in 2021. Somebody was talking about, like, oh, so now you've got to work with all these characters within the DC Universe. Is there one character that you would really like to get to use? And he said, yeah, one character that I think would be really, really fun to use, but extremely far-fetched would be Batmite. And when he said that, I was like, okay, I'm all for They name-drop Batmite. Batmite. They talk about Batmite in Peacemaker Season 1. Yeah. So, So, I mean, I'm hoping... I'm hoping we get Batmite, but I mean, like, honestly, I'm open for anything at this point because uh, I really want to see something cool um, just come. And I, I know that I think DC fans, we have been hanging on for such a long time. It's our time is finally and hopefully come. I think if they announce like a like a strange director attached to a project that'll probably be what get me excited you know like matt reeves with the batman or like before joker came out while i didn't enjoy that movie todd phillips directing a joker movie was kind of an interesting yeah it's like a weird combo all right so with that that's going to wrap up this episode hopefully you guys enjoyed the latest gun watch and our tribute to kevin conroy um in the future, uh, we still have a, a number of other things that we want to cover. Uh, we still are going to be doing Battle for the Super Sons, and we would like to do a holiday list here coming up. Um, next week, we will not have an episode because of uh, Thanksgiving here in the U.S., so we're going to ha- not have an episode next week. I'm pretty sure the Comic Cast uh, will still have an episode, so you guys can check that out. Um, but either way, that said, um, 
head over to the website because there's all kinds of content that we always have on the website, whether it be news, movies, or uh, news, original content, editorials, reviews. There's all kinds of stuff that you guys can check out. Other podcasts that uh, feature the Batman universe. We have all kinds of stuff related to movies, television, video games, merchandise, comics, all kinds of stuff. So check that stuff out. Also, while you're there, all of our links to our social channels are up at the top of the page. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord. You can find all the links at the site. Uh, Be sure to email us if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Leave feedback wherever you're listening to the episode. You can email us at tbu at thebatmanverse.net. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, Thank you to all of my co-hosts for this episode. And we, on behalf of all of them, we thank you for listening to the Batman Universe podcast. We'll see you guys next time.